Every couple of years, there's a word that becomes so ubiquitous, so utterly exsanguinated by overuse in the sense that all blood and vitality of the word has just been drained away. A word so overemployed in the media that it loses all potency and life energy and any real frisson of dramatic effect and ends up a cartoon version of its former sense. Do you detect a rant here? A couple of years ago, this was hygge, that supposedly untranslatable Scandinavian word for coziness and congeniality. Well, hygge was flipping everywhere, every magazine, every mass market book, every TED Talk. So I may have made up the part about the TED Talk, but it was everywhere. And the most recent word, which is simply crying out for government intervention and a moratorium in social media, books, articles, and TED Talks, is badass. Can we stop? I think there are at least a half dozen TED Talks which feature the term badass. It's enough. It's really enough. This is how words end up on temporary tattoos on Instagram influencers in black letter font. It has to stop. I mean, no one who is really badass is going to be okay being called badass at this point, right? So words matter, people. And today we're going to talk about some fierce, formidable females, some maverick matriarchs. Ready? No, no. We're going to start before we're ready. That's how badass we are. You're listening to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every single week asking you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. Episode 23, where we talk about starting before we're ready. Hi, vegheads and veg your besties. Today, we're going to talk about something sometimes called a side gig or a side hustle. I have heard it also referred to as a jobby. I don't like that one. Jobby. It's a hybrid of job and hobby, but I don't like it because it sounds kind of dismissive and condescending. But on the other side, it's a portmanteau word, and that was a good episode. Episode three, we talked about portmanteau words, most notably frenemy. Good episode. If you haven't listened to episode three, you might like it. So we are talking about the intersection of a hobby or an interest or a passion project today with an eye towards making money at it, either now or in the future. And sometimes, sometimes we want to keep our irons in the fire or keep our skills up for a later date when we have more time. 
or our kids are grown up, or we're out of university or finish a degree, or maybe even when we're retired. Sometimes we just want to make enough from our side gig that it allows us to afford the equipment or the time for our interests or hobbies. For example, teaching kids to ski. Teaching kids to ski may allow you the funds to pay for your own ski equipment or lift tickets. Decorating cakes for special occasions or weddings may offset your holiday travel expenses. Tutoring, catering, garden designs, dog walking and pet sitting, photography, floral arrangements, resume or website creation, foreign language or music lessons, these all may be different ways you could make a little or even quite a lot of money. But if it's a side hustle or a side gig, it is something you are usually not committed to full-time. Because, well, you may be parenting full-time, or you may have another regular job, or you may be at home managing a family and household most of the time, but you're looking for some extra revenue along with some extra engagement. The other kind of side gig may not be bringing in much or any revenue at the moment. For example, you may be planning an urban farm or writing a book, testing recipes and photographing them for a vegan cookbook or documenting some challenge you're undertaking in a video blog, like training for a marathon, or losing weight, or rehabbing an old house, writing a plant-based curriculum for an elementary school, making a documentary or a film, writing articles, fitness, yoga, TikTok videos, maybe even a podcast. So that's the subject of today's Veg Your Best podcast. You know how I tell you at the beginning that I'm here every week to try and get you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal? Well, this year, at least for the first half of the year, we're going to talk a lot more about goals. The first 20 or so Veg Your Best podcast episodes were primarily about moving towards a plant-based or vegan diet, and that will still come up here because I 100% believe that it is the healthiest and kindest way for humans to eat on this planet. But vegans have goals, right? Practicing a vegan lifestyle typically has the side effect of showing us how our daily small choices in how we live and eat make a huge, huge difference here on planet Earth. I think a side effect of vegan and plant-based living is a massive sense of empowerment and the energy to take on new challenges. And for some of us, that new challenge may present in the form of what we're talking about here today, the side gig. So when I say side gig or side hustle or jobby or passion project, what is coming up for you? Is it something you are already fully committed to? Or is it something you're kind of, for want of a better term, 
half-assing. Side note, half-assing is still an acceptable term. No one is getting that on a temporary tattoo. So half-assing your side gig. That looks like you only get around to it once in a while. And, uh, you know, sometimes you think you should do it, but then you drop it and then you go look at your stuff for the side gig in your garage or your office. Then you see all the equipment or the books or the apps on your phone. You know what I mean? You get kind of that sick feeling and you beat yourself up a little bit and maybe even regret how much money you sunk into the idea. Maybe the sunk costs are in terms of a class or equipment, tools, paints, journals, cooking equipment, sports equipment, workout gear. Maybe what hurts is what you think about the time, the time that that activity has taken away from your job or your family. And there's nothing really to show for it but that pile of stuff. And if you're like most of the people I coach, you have a reason that keeps coming up for you why you can't do that thing you want to do, that side gig. Why you can't do that side gig more often or at a higher level or with more commitment or with more remuneration because that's how a side hustle or a side gig differs from just a hobby, right? A hobby, a hobby is an activity you do because you like to do it or you want to learn how to do it or you want the skill that comes with practicing it. A side gig has the extra level of being something you think could bring in some money or you wish could bring in some money or you think someday will bring in some extra money. So let's think about your side gig. Are you with me? Your side hustle, the one that you're not showing up for, the one you're not making too much progress with. Think about it. So fill in the blank. The reason I think that I can't blank is because fill in the blank. Do you see how that works? The reason I think that I can't blank is because blank. I'm going to say it one more time. The reason I think that I can't blank is because blank. That's your excuse. Okay? And if you're like most of the people I talk to, most of them, the reason you think you can't put more time and effort or excellence into your side gig idea is your family, your marriage, your kids, your parents, your in-laws, your family. Is that resonating with anyone? You know, I thought, I thought for years, for years, for decades, if I'm honest, that if I got really involved with a personal project, that it would hurt my marriage. I intellectually knew that that thought was untrue, that it was a limiting belief, and even more that it was profoundly unfair to my husband. 
But somehow, every time I would take on a new project or routine or goal, it seemed to very quickly impinge on my husband's time or my time with my husband, and I would view him as being disapproving or annoyed or somewhat mocking of what I was doing, and I would quickly make this mean that if I continue, it will be bad for my marriage. So I would not commit to my new enthusiasm or plan, and I might tiptoe around my husband about it or not even tell him about it, just do it when he wasn't around. I mean, how crazy does that sound? Sneaking around your husband because you want to go to grad school or write a book or take a class? I didn't tell my husband when I was becoming a life coach and going through certification because I thought he would somehow react in a negative way, and that would ruin it for me. Do you see how crazy that is? I have a husband I love, and I've been married to for over 30 years, more, and with whom I have built a business and a family in that chronological order and a variety of projects, and I know that he loves me and would protect me to his utmost. And the only thing hurting my marriage is me. Me using my husband as an excuse. Me using my marriage to hide behind. I don't have, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but I do regret how I let that thought take up a big portion of my life. If I really go after what I want as a career, it will jeopardize my marriage. That thought. And that's why I'm bringing this up today. Most of my listeners are a bit younger than I, and it is my best advice for younger people. I mean, aside from my advice to move towards a plant-based vegan diet as quickly as possible. I even remember the first time I noticed this thought in my head, that I couldn't be who I wanted to be and be a mom and a wife. I was tired and crying and overwhelmed and a young mom and I was in the bathroom with my youngest because I had put myself, <laughs> I had put myself in time out, but she was just too little to leave outside the bathroom door with my two older kids who must have been about three and four. And I was thinking, I just won't ever be able to do what I want to do with my life. Because if I do go after something, it will ruin my marriage, and that will be terrible for this family. Oh, and I recognized the minute I thought that sentence, I recognized that it was just a thought. I had read enough Wayne Dwyer and Tony Robbins in those days to know. But though I was able to see that it was just a thought and truly not a helpful thought, it seemed so true. It felt so true. And that thought stayed true, at least the way it felt, for decades. And it has been the most poisonous thought I could possibly think about my beautiful family, that they were holding me back from something. I talk to people 
routinely who haven't had lasting relationships or haven't had children yet, and some of them think that not having had a family has held them back in some way. Do you see what I'm saying here? These are just crazy stories our brain tells us based on some half-baked ideas and trying to keep us from taking on more responsibility and blaming someone or something else if life doesn't look quite like we had thought it would. Doing more sounds dangerous to our brains. Different? Change? No. Our primitive brains do not like different and change very much. We've talked about that a lot here. So if this is resonating with you, if you are a parent or part of a family and that idea of a side gig, a side hustle has been coming up for you, if it's been whispering in your ear, I want to encourage you to start. Start before you know exactly what it looks like. Start before you know exactly what it requires and who it will serve. Start before you know how much time it will take or how long it will take. In a way, it doesn't matter, right? Start before you even know what you don't know. Just start before you're ready. Start before you're ready. Start before everything is right. Seth Godin talks about getting your ducks in a row. There's another cliche that no one ever needs to use again. But Seth Godin refers to getting your ducks in a row as that universal human tendency to not act, to not put something out into the world until everything has been lined up just so. You really can't know what you need to know to be ready until you start, right? My son and daughter-in-law have been looking to buy their first house, and we've been talking about that because sometimes the first house you go after is the perfect house to go after, not because it's the right one to buy or because it's the one that will work out, but it's the perfect house to get you and your paperwork organized, to get your five-year plan organized, to begin a discussion with your partner about what you want as a family, as a couple. That's how you get ready. It's by doing. You learn while you do. And if there is a side gig, a side hustle, a jobby that just keeps coming up for you, get in the game right now with all the imperfect conditions. And listen, I'm not saying take out a loan or max out your credit cards, spend a bunch of money you don't have right now, but start where you are. Do you need more info? Do you need to make a call? Do you need to Google something? (laughs) Do you need to make some space for yourself, some space for you to work in physically, or some space time-wise on your calendar. To my mind, owning 
a few hours on the calendar each week that you use just for you is the first place to start if you don't have that already. And it was in many ways the hardest for me. We are way too concerned with comfort, right? And even if it means being resentful and overwhelmed and unhappy, sometimes that actually feels more comfortable, more familiar, more noble than making a plan to take ownership of a couple hours per week just for your own use, just to build something all your own. We've talked about discomfort a lot on this podcast because we are a little freaked out about discomfort, right? We're a little freaked out about anxiety, about not knowing, being uncertain, asking for information or help, or asking for some time for yourself. It's uncomfortable. But comfort, comfort feels best when you've been uncomfortable working all day. Really, I mean, comfort day in and day out is a problem. Human beings are actually not meant for too much comfort or too much food or too much couch time. We need the discomfort physically and psychologically to enjoy the comfort, right? obvious when I say that. But how many of us, and I mean us, because I'm sure not immune to this lure of comfort, how many of us, when we are in basic comfort, physical comfort, psychological comfort, safety, well, how many of us has noticed our human brains just need more? When I was a young mom of three, another mom who had five kids and was in grad school at the time, as I remember, asked me, so is that enough for you? I was involved with the business my husband and I had started out of college, but it wasn't a regular thing. And it really didn't feel like my business at that point. And I had been phasing myself out a bit more with each kid. And I was so taken aback by the question, is this enough for you? Being mom, wife, home manager, sometimes a school volunteer. I was taken aback, not because I felt so judged, though I think some people might have felt quite judged by that question. And maybe on another day I might have felt judged because this lovely young woman was birthing kids, five under eight years old, as I recall, and getting a PhD at the same time, and planning to go back to work, and volunteering at our kids' school. So the way I remember this, and it was probably over 20 years ago now, I was taken aback, because what I saw in this woman's face was not so much judgment, but puzzlement. I think she was paying me a compliment. I think she saw me as capable, energetic, interested, intelligent. And she was wondering how being home with my kids every day was enough for me. And sometimes it was enough. Sometimes it wasn't. But the main problem was that I really didn't see more as possible. So on the days that it seemed like I wanted more, that I wanted to add something in, 
to put something just for me on the calendar, it all too often seemed impossible. And from the future, if I could go back and tell that me of 20 plus years ago, it's not impossible. You can, of course, do more anytime you want. (laughs) Now, I grant you, it all turned out fine. I had a rich and varied life between then and now, and I don't regret how it turned out. But I do regret how much time I spent feeling aggravated and overwhelmed, sometimes victim-y, also not a word, and blaming. You know, if there were a war or an attack and violent people burst into your home, you wouldn't huddle behind your children, would you? Think about that. Don't hide behind the people you love most in the world. Today, this year, this may not be the time for you to commit to a full-time new undertaking. I'm not saying that at all, but it could very well be the time to start something, starting something before you're ready, before you're ready for even part-time. Start before you're ready. Don't spend another minute of your life arguing for your limitations or trying to convince me, or worse, yourself, of what is not possible. If it were possible to start, where would you start? Knowing, really knowing that over time, you can do it. You can build a side gig, a side hustle. Step forward one step, and the next one will appear. And it will not require abandoning your kids or deserting your spouse. One step. You don't need to know the whole process today, or this week, or this month. So my friends, what does that look like for you? The next step. Does it look like grabbing a half-used binder and scribbling out some thoughts, or doodling a design? Borrowing some library books online? Setting up a PayPal account just for your side gig so you can send invoices and keep income separate when it comes in. Clearing off a space in your family room or your office. Calling your sibling to ask if you can borrow her truck. Just choose one thing. And definitely, promise me, definitely no more than three. Because making a long, convoluted list and business plan When you have not been making consistent plans or taking consistent action, that is a mistake. And that next kid with a sore throat or spouse working overtime will have you, like me, in a bathroom crying your eyes out. (laughs) Remember? Convinced that it's just impossible to have more. And it doesn't matter how many times you have tried to get this side gig off the ground in the past. You can do this. And you can do it by going slower than you ever have and starting before you're ready. Your kids, your family, your in-laws, your parents, they aren't keeping you from your dreams or your goals or this side gig. Think about that. 
How is having a family, having your family, something that will make this process all the more perfect, all the more successful in the long run? How has your family made you exactly who you need to be? And how are you exactly where you need to be? How is your situation perfect for what you want to do? Time for some Stoic wisdom. The whole future lives in uncertainty. Live immediately. Seneca. Thanks, Seneca. We are going to be talking about your side gigs for the next few weeks, VegHeads. All you maverick vegan matriarchs, all you plant-based parents, even if you don't have a specific side gig or side hustle in mind, play along with us at home. What have you not been making time for and blaming on your family? One last thing. There are times when our families fill our days from morning to night and even sometimes 24 hours. When my grandfather lived with us at the end of his life, my mother never slept for more than a couple of hours. And when my brother and I were taking turns being with our mom in hospice, there was precious little time for anything else. But that is not when we are tempted to resent our family situations. Because in those cases, we're usually fully engaged, fully in. We're fully committed to being there for our loved ones. Resentment comes in the situations where we actually do have some time to use. And we're not using that time in a way that feeds us, that fills us. So if you are in a season of life where your family is all-encompassing, love yourself and your family. The side gig will be there when the time is right. And this episode and I will be there to cheer you on then. And if this episode is resonating with you, please leave a review on iTunes. Tell me what you're thinking about for your next step or two. I read all my reviews. And I'd love to know. Remember, no more than three steps. And I will try and read those next steps you've identified towards your side gig on the podcast in late February. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk a lot more about side gigs. And maybe we can feature some of yours on the podcast. If you would like to discuss how working with me one-on-one as your coach can help you develop your side hustle, Stop using your family as an excuse or keep moving on your vegan plant-based journey. There's a link to my appointment calendar in the show notes, and you can also find it on my website, michelleolandercoaching.com. And follow Veg Your Best on Facebook and on Instagram. I have over 1,500 followers on Instagram suddenly, and that is a topic for another podcast. But just so you know, I take my own advice most of the time. I start before I'm ready. Just listen to those first few podcasts last September. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, 
leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, get out there and start before you're ready.